Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded and expects to hit 6 million listens by the end of July 2023. We're celebrating this success by recognizing those who have shared the journey with us and giving them the opportunity to contribute to the ongoing success of the shows. By buying a paper copy of the Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a donation to help the ongoing running costs, members of the international Italian wine community will be given the chance to nominate future guests and even enter a prize draw to have lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. To find out more, visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Hello, everybody. My name is Stevie Kim, and welcome to Italian Wine Club. Uh, sorry, Italian Wine House. It's called All House now, right? Right, like a Italian Wine House. Yeah. Now everything is called House. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. That's I, know, right. I don't yes. know why they did that, but anyways, of course, Leica is our clubhouse manager for Italian Wine Club here. So welcome, everybody. As you know. For some of you who connected with us last week, it was our 100th episode of The Ambassador's Corner. Kind of amazing there. So we had Matt Irwin with Chiara Boskis to celebrate our 100th episode on Clubhouse. And today it is the 101st. So with the new century episode, basically, with Anna Galegos. She's our moderator today, and she'll be interviewing Adriana Bucard. And I see Adriana is online as well. So thank you all for joining us. Uh, as you know, we replayed the recording on Italian Wine Podcast and the Ambassador's Corner. It's quite long. I mean, for our podcast standards, it's about 60 minutes. And these are our most popular shows, believe it or not, because we have a lot of wine geeks, wine, a lot of wine nerds following us. So thank you all very much. And if you'd like to follow us wherever you get your pods, whether it be Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, give us a thumbs up if you can when you get a chance. Okay, so let's get on to the show today. Ciao, Anna. Now you're going to have to unmute yourself. Ciao, Stevie. How are you? Okay. Where are you, Anna? In Montreal. Right now, I'm in Montreal. Oh, you're in Montreal. You know, yesterday yes. I had Professor Attilio Shinsa here. We were doing, you know, the questions for the Everybody Needs a Bit of Shinsa, you know, that series. And we ran into your question. Actually, you had three questions. And we were kind of discussing about the pronunciation of your full name. Can you tell yes. us your full name? My full name is Ana Berta Gallegos Barcenas. Okay, Barcenas. You see, so both yes. of us actually were <laughs> incorrect because Atilia was like Barcenas, you know, like, you know, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not yeah. sure. I think she's of Mexican origin. I'm not sure they do the thing yes. like this, you know, no, the no, Spaniards. No. No, not not like the Spanish. No, it's yeah. Barcenas. Yeah, Barcenas. Yes. yes, I was closer. Yes. Anyways, that was just just a derailing bit here. But so Anna, Anna, of course, is our Via ambassador from the edition. Congrats, Anna! That that Thank just you. happened in April. Yes, and you're studying to become a, an MW. You just started the program. Is that correct? Yes, indeed. So, well, I started to study the Italian wine ambassador because it, Italian wines were the most difficult part for me, like for a lot of students, so mm -hmm. wine students. So I decided to try the, the most difficult exam, so the Italian wine ambassador, and <laughs> finally... 
<laughs> the, I guess. <laughs> yes, so I that's a, a good sign. <laughs> and we love you because you are also are one of our top fans of Italian wine podcast. Just right after um, Slavic, like, uh, is, is that correct? Give me some info there. Yeah, that's true. Actually, we could see that even listening on Italian wine podcast. So we have our number one listeners, Lawek, and you're the second, Anna. Which is uh, really, yes. you, you feel the love. <laughs> well, I, I, I have to actually clarify. Those are the stats that we get from SoundCloud. So you are our top listeners for SoundCloud. We haven't a clue. There's a bit of confusion going on and we're trying to get our act together for all the analytics because something happened on Spotify. I don't know if we got hacked, all the listens disappeared. And we're trying to get all gather all of those together once again. So but that is of no concern of anybody's except ours at the office and mostly mine I'm going I'm going crazy around here and driving um, everybody else crazy but it'll be all okay Anna so tell us a little bit about yourself what you do what your background is and why you're in Canada at the moment so well I started my studies at the university in tourists because I didn't want to have anything to do with the mathematics or contability or numbers so I decided to study tourists in the last year of the university, I discovered enologic, the wines. So I started to study in the wines. And then we moved, my family decided to move to Canada. It mm-hmm. was not my choice. Yes. It was my parent's choice. Uh, so when I arrived here, I wanted, I started to, to work at the ESQ, the Monopoly of Wine here in Quebec. Mm-hmm. And I've been working there for the last uh, 15 years. And what is Wine, your role right at is, the SAQ? Uh, right now, I'm a director manager of a liquor store. And I'm also working with the with the buyers uh, for the French market. So okay. that's uh, what I'm doing right now. We got to get you on I- Italy. What are you thinking? Yes, for Anna? sure. Uh, for sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, and also, I'm uh, teaching right now the wet set courses. Yeah, WSET uh, here courses. Here in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also in Mexico, because in Mexico, we are only three people that have the diploma level. So I want to give to my country uh, my knowledge, because knowledge doesn't work if you don't tr- uh, are able to pass the knowledge. I absolutely, so I absolutely agree. So you traveled all the way to Mexico to do the WSET courses, or is it online? Yes, in, no, yes, I travel. Uh, well, this year I travel for three or four times. It's not too much, but uh, with the other travels that I'm also doing for the Master Wine program is a little bit uh, too much, but. Uh, I have to do it. I have to do it. And I like, I love it. Yeah, I love your commitment. That's very great of you. So on to the show for today. You've chosen Adriana Burkard as your favorite producer. How did that happen? Yes. Well, I discovered Arillo Interabianca wines this uh, June here mm-hmm. in Montreal. I was invited to the master class of Chianti Classico. And uh, they decide to to do a match of uh, bocce. So the director um, Lorenzo Ficini. Yeah, the I, see, I think he's on too. Actually, Lorenzo, yes. I see him. Mm-hmm. I, I had the pleasure of uh, meeting uh, Lorenzo Ficini in the master class. So he introduced the Arillo wines and explained a little bit about the vision of Adriana Borcan. I found fabulous because I had always this idea of. Uh, romantic idea of a, a long history of a producer in Tuscany. Mm-hmm. But Adriana started to produce wines in 2019. So, and the, the, the wines of Arillo are fantastic. So uh, I rediscover the new producers in Tuscany. So that's why I choose Adriana. Yeah, I must say, I love the podcast and I love this Ambassador's Corner because you bring also producers, you know, maybe lesser known producers and I get to discover them myself for the first time. So very good. And as you know, we look for some learning objectives on this call. So what are we expecting from today uh, after your call? Well, I try to understand the vision of a new producer who decided to produce wine in a region with a very long history of wine production mm-hmm. and also to know better the vision and initiative of Arillo Interrebianca because they are new, they are also experimenting. Uh, they have three different vineyards, Tesoro, Terrabianca, Inchianti and Colebresa Estate. 
Uh, the first harvest was in 2020, and they have experimental microvinification of different grapes. So I want to, to ask a lot of questions. Okay, excellent. All right, so over to you, Anna. Um, you take over now. I will mute myself, and then we'll come back down towards the end if we have extra time for some questions. Okay? Perfect. Already. Ciao. Hi, Adriana. How are you? Hi, Anna. I'm fine. Thank you. I'm and a good day to everybody. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I'm very pleased to, to be with here to, uh, today. I'm going to present Adriana Borcard. Adriana Borcar was born and raised in Genoa, in Italy. She spent her youth between studies and sport, so she, she was building a very solid sport career. After obtaining a degree in foreign language and commercial correspondent, Adriana continued her studies, earning another degree in accounting and commercial expertise. So accounting, that was the worst thing for me, but uh, uh, chapeau for you. And then, uh, driven by her passion for sports, she attended the University of Sports. Uh, for more than two decades, Adriana was a sport instructor, first in Italy, then from 86 in Switzerland, a country where she moved to and where she still lived with her husband, Urs Borkart. I hope I uh, pronounced well the name. Correct, correct. <laughs> and now she has uh, two children, Gregor. 35 years old, and Ricardo, 33 years old. After leaving her sport career, Adriana embarked on a new professional path in the nutraceutical ingredient sector. And this was very new for me. I, I didn't expect to, to learn this about you, but you are a very a great entrepreneur. Adriana is a co-founder of Travelsana, a line of natural dietary supplements. Uh, dedicated to health and well-being of travelers, so very interesting also. And she has a philanthropic project, African Greenland in Tanzania. That's uh, also very, very nice. And since 2018, uh, she managed the family project of the three estates in Tuscany, market under the label, the brand Arillo Interabianca. So that's why we are here today uh, to discuss more about Arillo Interabianca, your wines. Uh, you are the soul and mind of of Arillo, uh, and I'm very pleased to be with you and ask you a, a few questions. Adriana, could you tell me a little bit more about the founding the founding of Arillo Interabianca and your vision for these wines? Certainly. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Anna. Well, uh, it has been a kind of dream for a long time. And, you know, as I'm Italian born and then uh, was always my, my wish to go back to, to Italy sometime in the, in the mature age. And then once, once raised and grown up children, we, I convinced my husband to, to, to do this step. And then so we started, Arillo was uh, uh, founded in 2019. And we are completely new, actually, to the wine business because we have been doing different things. And uh, 2019 has been... Uh, actually signing the beginning of our family journey into the winemaking activity. And this initiative saw us acquiring free properties in three different locations in Tuscany, in the beautiful Tuscany. So the very first uh, property we bought was actually Colebrezza, the smallest one, which is located in the Valdorcia Park, known also to be an UNESCO World Heritage Site. And then we had, uh, um, through some contacts and friends, we met to uh, we met the owner of Terra Bianca. Today is called Arillo and Terra Bianca. And here the, we added two more properties. One is Terra Bianca in Chianti Classico and Tesoro in Maremma. These are uh, a, an interesting mix of territories. Uh, each of them with a unique characteristic and potential for winemaking. Behind this, there is a, a vision. Our vision is uh, represented by this, uh, let's say, triangle, triangle, which we call it the Tuscan theorem, which is this reality of a geographic triangle formed by these three estates that have uh, uh, not only natural beauty, but uh, also prestige when making vocation in their DNA. Our vision 
represent, uh, represented by these uh, free properties is, uh, and uh, our core values are more about human and social impact, sustainable winemaking, and agricultural activities that respect the natural resources. Added to these uh, uh, core values, we want to complete with the offering of hospitality combined with cultural and gastronomic experience and all enriched by art and culture. This is, uh, in few words, our vision of Arilo Terra Bianca. Then uh, to give you also a little bit of background to the name of the company, as I mentioned before, we acquired an existing company, which was Terra Bianca, and we renamed the company Arillo. And this, uh, the, so the name and the corresponding logo were inspired by the inter interpretation of our family seal. We have two stars and the castle on top, atop of three hills and all integrated in an oval shape resembling a grape or Arillus. So Arillo comes from the Latin word Arillus. The castle symbolized the family solidity and stability. The twin star in our, in our uh, world represents the future and the continuity through our sons, Gregor and Ricardo, which we uh, count on them in bringing ahead the legacy of what we are building right now. And the trio of stands for the three estates, Terra Bianca, Il Tesoro and Colebrezza. That's really interesting, and I really love this uh, phrase of Toscani Theorem. First time I hear something like that, it's very romantic, poetic. Um, yes. You are a really new, young winery. What do you think that makes Arillo a unique in the wine industry? Toscany is a very well-known, or probably one of the oldest uh, regions, uh, the well-best-known uh, well uh, DOCG in uh, in Italy. But what makes Arillo different in the wine industry? Well, I have to make a little bit of background to answer this question. So, Arillo and Terra Bianca, as I told you, we we are new to this uh, to this uh, uh, business segment. So, it's a project in progress that uh, intersect various elements. So the different vi uh, vitivinicultural territories symbolic of the Tuscan region, the memories of the market, because we actually acquired a company which already had an historical background, so past and present entrepreneurial stories, So and the new horizon for development and innovation. It serves to reinvigorate a passion for the land, its diverse aspects and its origins. Our vision, it's actually deeply intervened with an understanding of wine as a comprehensive. We see it as a life experience of places, people and wine themselves. So we try to explore and um, interpret our own excellency. So we are searching for our own excellency, cultivating an authentic wine experience that honors the unique characteristic of the Tuscan region. So the aim is to create a synergy between tradition and innovation, utilizing the past and the present uh, efforts that we do, constantly aiming for advancement and modernization. So what we do, we continuously try to improve and innovate within the wine industry while remaining, uh, you say, very uh, still rooted in the cultural history and uh, in the in the in the viticulture of Tuscany, so we are trying to not not to neglect what the past has given to us, but from them to create a new legacy. Yeah, that's very very interesting. You have a very contemporary model, but you also protect uh, the past, and uh, you have are trying to incorporate a new um, a new business model. So, right. how does Ari Arillo, Arillo incorporate uh, eco sustainability into the into the business model and one making one making practices. Oh, this I like it very much uh, to talk about. So we have embarked on this path of ethical and um, eco sustainable production, which is in fact for us a daily choice, which includes the entire life cycle of the wine from the soil to the bottle. And then how we do that? Yeah, we do it through an essential approach of respect uh, for the territory in the first instance, and mainly in harmony with the nature, which is not easy today. We have done several choices as soon as we started with the 
activities. So in 2019, the first things we did was to opt uh, for organic farming. So we have been doing this transition from conventional farming to fully organic. And we have been successful in completing uh, the, the procedure and the process. And today we have all three properties fully organic certified. So for us is a, a major step. Then we passed from uh, mechanical harvest to manual harvest. We have opted for uh, this practice which minimizes stress on the plants and also on the terroir and maintains the grape uh, cluster integrity, preserving, thus preserving the quality of the wine. We, uh, we make effort to limit the use of mechanized farming equipment to keep the CO2 emission in check and safeguard the soil integrity. Uh, in addition to this, we have uh, uh, implemented um, customized soil treatments to reestablish also the biodiversity in the terroir. So our vineyards benefit from real-time also monitoring. Um, for example, also we have installed the meteorological station nestled between the, the vine rows. And this station um, collect essential climatic data, uh, which they are ranging from air and soil temperatures to humidity. These data are promptly uh, transmitted to our team in the in the winery and enable us to promptly act and make intervention accurate uh, intervention the soil management and the water conservation is another important point for us we are uh, uh, trying to maximize and protect our water resources sources and we try to avoid also soil erosion so our goal is uh, to maintain a balance between water heat and soil. And in our vineyards, we promote the accumulation of uh, autumnal and spring precipitation. And then uh, while ensuring its gradual distribution through the summer. Currently, we regulate the plant's water demand by planting ground cover between the rows. Uh, this practice helps to, uh, to boost the soil ability to retain water and minerals is improving the fertility and support the, the so-called microbiological life and promotes uh, what I mentioned before, the local biodiversity. Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. No, that's that's on the, like a lot of work. And, oh, um, yes. And you are working... Uh, almost everything by hand so it takes a lot of, of time also uh, do you have some problems uh, or do you see the climate change that is affecting the Arilo vineyards or do you think that it's you, you don't have any changes right now no, no, the, the, the climate change, uh, they are extremely noticeable in the last, uh, I would say, two, three years. We have been facing with uh, uh, a lot of uh, dry, dry weather and very hot. So, um, particularly in some area of our property. So we do, we do, we are challenged, actually, but we are getting ready to face all this uh, problematic yet. That's perfect. If you're getting ready, that's that's perfect. Yes. And also, yes. you are uh, you are working a lot to to keep the water retention. So that's very interesting. Also, and yes. Talking about water and vineyards, what uh, I know that you have uh, micro experimental microvinification in Colebresa Estate. Uh, what grapes are you cultivating in that in those vineyards? There, there actually we have a Sangiovese grape and also some, some autochthon uh, grapes which they've been planting prior by, by the previous owner and they are like, uh, uh, Colorino, Chile Giolo. I do not remember all of them. I'm sorry that I cannot name all of them. That's and so, uh, the, the division of the previous owner was to plant uh, this type of grapes uh, which they are uh, uh, by nature more resistant to the climate change so he wanted to take kind of uh, old uh, old type of grapes so it was very interesting his philosophy and this property was already uh, um, organic certified 
when we bought it. And then uh, we are currently actually uh, moving on for the better biodynamic uh, um, certification. We do only micro, we, we spend it the first two years in this property to make this a micro vinification to understand exactly what we have on this property. And then, uh, so this year will be the first years where we're going to have uh, produce uh, the first wine of this property. Oh. In the future, we believe there might be even a second one. Very nice. I, I hope to to taste uh, these wines. Uh, very interesting to, to discover these wines. Yes, um, yes. How does Arillo approach the balance between traditional winemaking techniques and your modern, more innovation in order to create contemporary wines? Yes. This answer this is a very interesting uh, uh, question. To answer your question, um, I stated that uh, we are heavily guided by our ultimate goal, which is to let the grape variety express itself in all our wines, whether they are coming from Rada, from Maremma, or in the future from our property in Valdorcia. The approach is not the so-called one-size-fits-all, but we rather want to customize according to the specific characteristic of the terroir where the grapes are cultivated. So in Maremma, our te techniques, for example, are more focused on accentuating the characteristic of the terroir, the power, the fruitiness, color, and maturation that are inherent in, history in this region. On the other hand, in Rada, we lean more towards the pure identity of the Sangiovese grape, which is home in this uh, region of the Tuscany. This might involve more traditional techniques, but we are not afraid to use even sometimes a modern innovation on which they can help us to reach this goal. So let's say our winemakers provide uh, oversight to ensure that all processes that we have in place are aligned with the mission. And our emphasis is on uh, authenticity, and trying to capture the sense of which grape variety and then that are rooted in the specific terroir where they are originating. By doing this, we can create uh, contemporary wines that also have a depth of tradition. We are not just yeah. making wine, actually. We are telling the story of our land, our grape varieties and our commitment for the quality. That's very beautiful. Creating the story of your wines. That's uh, yes, very interesting. Um, so you are in Tuscany, very uh, a region with a lot of story. Uh, my idea of Tuscany was always this romantic idea of uh, sixth or seventh generation of wine producers, things like that. But I see right now I'm discovering that there are a lot of new producers that are doing. Uh, that are making that the uh, DOCG evol evolves. So that's really, really interesting. But how relevant is tradition to the 21st century wine consumer? Do you think that tradition is still something important for the wine consumer or we have to move and make something really new? Mm, no, no. Uh, tradition is still very important in the in the in the wine making and also with the consumer sure the wine consumer are uh, they are changing you know the, we made also some study about the market and mainly also the new consumer the younger people so the, the wine consumer today are increasingly uh, searching for authenticity quality and also drinkability uh, in, in those that are their wine choices these times are characterized by, by these uh, fast changes and then these emerging climatic challenges we have been talking before. They see that we have to renew uh, a certain interest in the tradition, in the tradition of the winemaking methods. And then uh, for making wines that they are more genuine. So what we need to do is respecting the identity of the grape, following a less would influence aging process. I think that uh, the new uh, taste of the people is that to have more fresh uh, wines that they have a high level of drinkability, which is more aligned with the consumer uh, preference. They appreciate the authenticity and the distinct character of the wines that uh, truly represent uh, the terroir and the varietal origins. You know, um, 
this is actually the, the bounding offering to the consumer a taste of the past, the connection to the land, its, its background, the quality of the, procta, the, of the product. And this is like uh, binding this past and present tradition with the innovation, uh, which I think for the modern consumer is uh, particularly appealing. Yeah, for sure. That's very interesting. Uh, where millennial market is always uh, exactly for new yeah. product, new wines, more uh, easy to drink, uh, with less alcohol, probably probably more uh, yes, less in alcohol styles. and and also the low in sulfites. Um, yeah, this was sure. also one of the arguments uh, which came out of our market study, uh, which young people, they, 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 they like to drink and not have, uh, uh, you know, consequencing headaches or heavy stomach or headaches or things like this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, you're producing red wines in Tarabianca in Chianti, but you're also producing white, red and rosé in Tesoro, in the Marema. Yes, um, right. How important is for Arilo uh, to develop new products, new wines? Well, it it is it is a very very important for us to produce uh, to produce uh, new wine, and then uh, it's uh, we are always striving to look for uh, for uh, for new products which they are uh, reflecting our terroir. Of course, we are uh, we are. Uh, um, you know, we we heritage a, a background and history from from a previous uh, properties. So we strive to, uh, as I said before, to find our own identity and our own excellence. Excellency. So all what we do, our investment in the winery, is uh, targeted to uh, to develop new products. Yes. So um, it's it's a basically. Um, rooted in being able to explore the potential of our land and also the evolving preferences of our customer. Yeah. Are you also producing or experimenting to produce uh, new styles like orange wine or wine in alforas or something like that? Or We have been discussing that. Okay. We have been discussing that we are open eventually, but uh, we are not yet at that point because we, as I told you, we are a project in, uh, we are an evolving project. We are also doing a lot of activity in renovating the winery. So we just finished to build a, a winery in Marema uh, in order that we can process our grapes fast before the grapes, they were, they were traveling from Marema to Radenchianti and being processed and vinified in Radenchianti. And this was a no go for us in terms of the of the quality of the product. So we have, we we just finalized the winery in in Marema, and we are completely renovated the one in Radin County. So we have a lot of projects, and currently eight wines. Uh, this year probably are going to be nine. With this is adding also the one from Colebrezza. So I would say there is a lot on our table at the moment, and all the projects that we have also in the sustainability field. Okay. Yes. A lot of work to do. Yes. Um, we are talking about diversity of styles. Uh, wine is celebrated for its, uh, the diversity of styles. But do you think that this diversity is under threat? We are, I, I ask you about orange wines, our new style, well, relatively new, new style because it's not new. But uh, do you think that it could be a threat for the more traditional wines, for example, like the Chianti, the Chianti Classico? No, I don't think so. No, I don't believe so. Um, I don't understand exactly the question why. No, I don't think so. No. no. Okay. I think that uh, there is space. So no. Yes. Yes, because I'm asking you this question because I see uh, new consumers, the younger consumers that are looking for mm -hmm. uh, wines that are sometimes not very typical. For example, natural wines that have uh, sometimes uh, defaults or... Uh, more like bread, volatile acidity, something like that. And uh, they are skipping more traditional styles of wine that are aged in oak with more maceration, more concentration. So, but uh, I, I understood the, your answer. You, you don't think that is a threat uh, for the mm, wine? No, I don't think it's a threat. No, no. Okay, perfect. 
at the end, I think that there is uh, there is space uh, for uh, for wines uh, and there is wines for all the, the taste and the palate. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, Arilo in Terrabianca was founded in t- 2019, if I uh, understood uh, well. Uh, yes. There's always a story before and after COVID right now. So how COVID affect the evolution of, of, the, of Arilo? Uh, well, like everybody, uh, we have been uh, strongly affected by the COVID pandemic. Uh, you know, first the pandemic disrupted traditional sales channels with lockdowns and uh, social dis- distancing, uh, leading to a significant drop in sales to restaurants, bars and free events and tourism has been quite dramatic for everybody. Uh, and, however, I feel um, to say that uh, there is also a positive side, at least for us it was a positive side, since we were newly come in when the COVID exploded. I mean, 2019, July 2019, we, we, uh, we finalized the acquisition and then the COVID started a couple of ma- months later. It was quite a shock for us. But this uh, gave, us, uh, gave us time. Uh, so the challenge presented opportunities for us uh, to adapt and try to be innovative, but also gave us uh, space to fine-tune our vision, vision uh, and strategy, organize and restructure the operation activity. So uh, further, the pandemic confirmed also uh, our commitment to sustainable and responsible practice. Uh, in a time of global crisis, our dedication to protecting the environment and our community has become even more important. So I feel to say that while the pandemic presented incredible challenges, it also accelerated, I believe, the changes that have taken, they would have taken years in a pre-COVID world. So I think that I don't see it as a completely negative period of time. Uh, unfortunately, yes, the market suffered a lot, but uh, for us it was, uh, was not that at the very end dramatic. You become stronger with the pandemic, right? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Because uh, uh, I think that through resilience and innovation, we come out from this period, first of all, wiser. And hopefully we will be better prepared for the future. Yeah, that's for sure. And we're talking right now about future. You have uh, a lot of work that is um, evolving right now with the, with, the, with the three vineyards that you have. Uh, what do you think that is the greatest threat that Ari, Arilo is currently facing and how do you address this uh, threat? Uh, I think that uh, this is something which everybody at the moment is facing. I think the unpredictable weather patterns, the increasing of the temperatures, which in these days, especially in Italy, they are uh, uh, they are on the news uh, on an ongoing basis. And, and this, uh, uh, the frequency of these uh, of these uh, events uh, is bringing significant challenges to the viticulture, but not just to the viticulture. I believe to the agriculture in general. These changes can affect uh, the grapevine's health, the ripening uh, m- modus, and ultimately also the character and the quality of the wine. So uh, we are, as I told you before, we are getting ready. We are. Pre- trying to prepare ourselves to address these challenges. And so we are adopting uh, a range of uh, fitting strategies, which include, uh, for example, yeah, a careful selection where you uh, plant the, the beans uh, with a preference to areas that are less likely to be affected by uh, severe weather fluctuation. The focus on sustainable viticulture practice, uh, optimizing water use, maintaining the soil healthy and the promotion of biodiversity. And so uh, our, our vineyard will become more, uh, more resistant and capable to overcome these times. Another critical step is uh, diversifying probably the grape varieties, which we are looking into that. And we are exploring grape types that are more resistant to heat and drought and that they can put, they can uh, stand this climatic condition. Um, we also are investing in technology, a lot of technology and data analysis, which can help us better understand and hopefully predict weather patterns. 
so in order that we can track the divine health, the divine health and make more informed decision. That's a really interesting. And I see that you're really uh, thinking about everything and try to be prepared for the future. Um, well, I have is, a good uh, team, Anna. Yeah, yeah good for team sure. Working yeah. very well, yes. That's that's the there, there's no secret. It's only hard work and a, a good team that work all together. And a good team, right? Yes. Uh, uh, right, right now, what's your production? Your total production of wine? We have about a production of uh, 120,000 bottles currently. Our target is to higher up the production, and then uh, um, to reach uh, our our. Um, our target, but never, it's not our intention to go in mass production. So we could produce much more, but we inter we are interested in maintaining a premium quality. So, so for the moment, we do step by step, and then we want to consolidate what we are building uh, every year. Yes, and I have to say that the wines uh, that I taste uh, from Chianti, they are really premium. And, uh, Arilo in Terrabianca was face to face uh, with a very old producer and it was amazing. So you are yeah, very, you are you doing know, a very good job. That's very nice. Thank you for for the compliment. I'm very happy because uh, our people in the in the winery, our winemakers, they put a lot of effort. And you know, it was the beginning. We made also some decision, which uh, uh, at the beginning, uh, people around us uh, did not understand the market. You know, usually sometimes they put pressure that you uh, have a certain profile of the wine. So we did also a little bit of uh, kind of courage decision, and then I think that we've been the right uh, the right choice. Mm -hmm. And. You, I taste uh, your wines here in Montreal. Uh, are you looking to export your wines or you want to stay in the local market? Oh, we actually, the, historically, the, comp, the, the winery was more um, exporting than in the local, in the local market. We are, we are building right now the local market because our, the wine of, uh, of Terra Bianca, they were exported basically uh, mainly in the United States and Canada in Switzerland, in Germany, and then uh, something also in Asia. But the Italian market, the local market was never developed. So we are actually uh, doing that right now. And then uh, it's very promising. We are, uh, we are happy of the result. And then, uh, of course, we are also looking at uh, uh, opening new market uh, internationally. That's very interesting. I hope uh, that we are going to have more wines of Arilo here in, in Montreal. <laughs> Uh, because yes. uh, Canada is big and we drink a lot, so I hope we are going to have more here. Um, I I think I ask all my questions about the Arilo. I'm, I hope to visit you very soon. Um, Thank to you. Visit Anna. all the all the three vineyards. Uh, and taste uh, and taste also your other wines, uh, Tesoro, the white, the red, the rosé. I'm uh, very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. So I hope to to visit you very soon. You're or if you decide to 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 come to Montreal, it will it will uh, yes, of course I will. It will be my pleasure to to make you a tour here in Montreal. I'm sure, sure, it will certainly come the occasion. Okay, well, thank you very much for that, Anna and Adriana. Uh, we do have a question from the audience from Sarah Mosley. Ciao ragazzi, this hot weather makes grapes more sweet and so they can make more alcohol. I want to know if she faces this problem too. Uh, I suppose that's a question for you, Adriana. Uh, sorry, Stevie, can you repeat me the question? Sure. Sorry. She said, the hot weather makes grapes more sweet because it's concentrated and yeah. they make more alcohol. So it, when it yeah. ferments, it's, there's more, you know, sugar, there's more sugar, there's more alcohol. I want to know if she, if you, Adriana, faces this problem too. Oh, we do, we do, but that's why that's why our 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 team is uh, constantly monitoring the, the the grapes. We have we have a, a team of people that they every every uh, 
single day when we are close to maturation of the grapes, they control they control the single plots and they control because it goes very fast. So we we need to learn now uh, the right timing for for uh, harvesting. So uh, it, last year also we had a very uh, are you say. Uh, Earlier, earlier harvest because because uh, the, the the heat was was very dry and the heat was very high, so we do we are faced and these are the challenges we discussed before, Ivana. Okay, so Adriana, are you originally from Tuscany? No, I'm orig- originally from Emilia Romagna. No, actually, no. Uh, let me tell you the whole thing. Okay. I'm coming from Genova. I'm coming from Genova. I'm born in Genova, but right. my family, all my family, is originated from Emilia Romagna, from Modena. My grandparents, they were farmer, and that's uh, where it starts my passion for the land uh, and also for the wine, because my grandparents they were producing for their own use uh, the the Lambrusco wine, uh, also from the Sangiovese grape, but in the in Modena, yeah. So why why did you choose to go to Tuscany? Like why Tuscany? Because Chianti, of course, is very crowded. So you're an entrepreneur and you have this desire to produce wine. Why did you? It's just it's it's just a curiosity. Why did you choose Tuscany? And you've chosen to start with three wineries, right? Three areas. Well, that was the case, uh, Stevie, because it was never our intention to go into something that big. As I told you, the first the first acquisition was uh, the small property in Valdorcia, and mm-hmm. then uh, actually was the idea to stay with that one, and then um, being happy with this uh, with this. Uh, piece of land and uh, but we got to know the the ex uh, the previous owner of the of Terabianca and then I felt in love for that place and when right. I back, when I went back home to my husband I told him about and then we decided okay let's uh, do this investment and create uh, this so-called legacy because the the project of Arilla and Terabianca goes much further ahead than just winemaking we have a project of three 360 degree sustainable uh, reality. So we want to start also uh, cultivating uh, um, other crops, uh, old grains. Uh, we we want to, we have already some animals. Uh, we have uh, the bees. So we are trying to, to, to become self-sustainable. Actually, this is uh, our aim and become a kind of model, replicable model. Mm-hmm. So Adriana, I have a cheeky question for you. So you're a new winemaker, right? You're a new yeah. winery. Uh, you're a new winery in Chianti, which is so vast. P- perhaps the most uh, well-known wine, Italian wine, in the world. So when you line up, and maybe Anna, you can answer this question too. When yeah. you have a lineup of, let's say, ten Chiantis, how would you describe your Chianti? What is the difference? Like, how can a consumer or even a wine expert understand that that's your wine? Or how do you understand that's your wine on a lineup of, let's say, a blind tasting? That looks like a very, very uh, banal, what I'm saying, very uh, just words. But our wine, they are distinctive for freshness and elegance. And and also their uh, their uh, their beautiful um, bouquet of uh, of uh, of flavor that they are they are uh, they are uh, um, showing. So um, as I as I mentioned before, we we have been marrying the 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 philosophy of less impacting wood exposure to our wines. So this is what is distinguishing our wines. Yeah. I, I totally agree with Adriana. When I mm-hmm. taste the, the wines the, of Arilo, mm-hmm. it was the freshness, the elegance, and the cleanness. It was amazing. That's why I was really surprised with uh, with these wines because um, it it represents well the Chianti Classico, but in a very young style. Something really that uh, I want contemporaneous. To yes, yeah, contemporaneous. Yes. Yes. And, and that, I was very surprised with that. Okay. And I would like to add, Anna, that our, our uh, Chianti Classico, they are 100% uh, pure Sangiovese in purezza. So they are truly 100% uh, 
pure Sangiovese. Yes. So I have another question, more like a market question. So you're the new kid on the block, clearly, especially for Chianti. What are the biggest challenges that you face from to day to day? Today, today, well, there is a big competition on the market, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So you have, you have to move yourself in a, in a multitude of uh, of uh, wineries and multitude of wine typologies. And honestly, uh, I have to say that today uh, there are a lot of good wines. It's not like in the yeah, past. absolutely. The, so the quality is very high. So the challenge is that one. So what you need to distinguish uh, from the other one is to create your own excellency, your own uh, identity, and then uh, your own authenticity. That's what uh, what we are pushing in our in our wine making style to diversify it. Because, of course, uh, in the past, uh, there was more the tendency to appreciate a lot this wine, which have this uh, international profile, mm-hmm. a kind of very heavy structure wines. Right. But we we changed, we, we decided to change philosophy of the wine without neglecting the past, of course, but uh, finding a new, a new style of wine. Okay, fantastic. All right. Well, thank you very much, Adriana. And grazie, Anna, for bringing Adriana on the show today. We've all learned about this new winery. And good luck to you, Adriana. Grazie. Grazie a tutti e buona giornata a tutti. Okay, great. I'm going to bring Laika back on. Ciao, Laika. Ciao, Stevie. Okay, so tell us who's next and when is that happening? Okay, so next is going to be on July 25 on a Tuesday. So we've got Ciro Perone. He's going to interview Claudio Sottile. So ah, that's Ciro, our good friend Ciro. Yes. yes. So it's going to be at 5.30 p.m. Okay. okay, excellent. So next Tuesday. Yep. Have we moved from Thursday to Tuesday? What's going on? No, we're starting to do double. Aha, uh-huh, but not this week. Uh, we were. I'm trying to. I was trying to do something this week, but uh, Vinicius uh, had to reschedule. Oh, okay. Um, instead. So. Alrighty. Okay. Well, thank you all for joining us, and it's Stevie Kim here with Leica and Joy. Is this Joy's last episode? No, they'll be next week, right? So, we are here at Italian Wine Podcast Booth, coming directly from Verona. Ciao, ragazzi! Alla prossima. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.